an enduring military mantra is adapt and overcome. This is a rallying cry for unseen challenges and life's curveballs, and a reminder that dire circumstances will not defeat us. When the mission matters, we rise to the occasion. This podcast combines military veteran experiences, business acumen, and the human spirit for potent solutions to real-world challenges. Today, I'd like to welcome John Armazani to the podcast. John spent over 20 years with the U.S. Army Special Forces, including 14 years as a medic, and then the remaining years as a team sergeant, leading others. Since then, he's worked as the OASIS Program Manager for the Green Beret Foundation. John has a broad array of experience across special operations, strategic planning, and emergency management. John, welcome to the podcast. Well, thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. John, as you know, with the battle against COVID-19, a lot of healthcare workers are going into an unknown, difficult situation, and it's not unlike maybe soldiers on their first deployment. So from your experience, how do you prepare your teams and yourself for circumstances like this? To be honest with you, preparing for the unknown is is relatively difficult, but uh, take the scenarios that you believe you're going to be encountering and then provide tough, realistic training as, as hard and as realistic as you can make it. That's the best thing that you can do. So when they get into these scenarios, then they're relying on that training because they've been through it before? It's something to fall back on. Yes, definitely. In those moments when you get into maybe the fog of battle and the plan goes out the window, how do you react in that situation? What goes through your head? That's where you go back to what you're what your basic battle drills are, what your basic, what your basic tasks are. What is, what do you need to do right then and there? What, what is your primary focus? Get that done. Take care of that. Then the next step and then the next step. So focus on what's right in front of you. Exactly. Can you tell me about a time when you've been in a situation like that and, and maybe you've observed examples of people having to push through a lot of grit? One time I was in the Philippines, uh, we were training the uh, uh, Philippine army there and our camp got hit by a typhoon uh, and uh, talk about the f- talk about pushing through in fog. Uh, we were in canvas tents uh, and you know, you have a problem when the Air Force weather guy jumps into a van and drives away uh, and uh, Everything went out the window at that point. Uh, the, basically, the evacuation plan was initiated in the middle of the typhoon, which broke down upon implementation. We we started improvising from that point on, uh, and and we retained essentially that our our individual elements. We were able to uh, just concentrate on, okay, I need, let me throw three days worth of rations in my rucksack. Do I have my weapon? I have my ammunition. Do we have communications gear? Do I have, do I have the M5 bags for the, for the medical equipment that we need? We're going to move to a particular location that has uh, some kind of buildings. If you've ever been to work with the Philippine military, most of their stuff is broken uh, to include their barracks, but we moved from where we were at, not really to where we were supposed to be, but we did manage to find some shelter uh, and 
weathered out the 120 mile an hour winds for about eight hours. The, everybody started doing their jobs, though it was it was really it was really great. Uh, our cooks uh, after about got bored after about eight hours of being in the winds, and they actually went back to our camp, which was pretty much devastated. And uh, they found enough to start making sandwiches. Uh, our um, our 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 comms guys got uh, in touch with our our B team. The uh, all the medics got together to see what we had and what what we may need and and where we were able to add for injuries and, and treatment and what have you. Then we uh, we went back and started to uh, basically put the camp, which there wasn't a lot left. But <laughs> trust me on this, canvas tents do not hold up well to 120 mile an hour winds. Uh, but uh, so uh, it was. Uh, you know, it, it took us a good week to recover from that. Uh, especially the longest period was flying in an entire new set of 25 tents, uh, in order to live in. But, um, it was, uh, it was, you had to, in, you had to figure out things as you, on the fly as you went. I see a lot of parallels with that and what's going on in New York City right now. I mean, in the hospitals, a lot of rooms are being repurposed into ICUs, intensive care units. Um, there's, you know, a resupply challenge. Uh, there are people who aren't used to working together and it sounds like, you know, from your experience, they need to really focus on the essentials, what has to get done right now and in what order. Yeah. It makes you find out what really is important. Can you tell me what resilience means to you? Uh, I've heard that word used over the years in all kinds of different ways. Uh, to me, it's the ability. To, it's the ability to bounce back. Um, it's uh, you know when you're uh, when you're down. Uh, it's the ability to get back up and, and continue to move forward. I mean that's how I that's how I look at it. It may not be the best definition, but uh, that's what it that's what it means to me. Yeah, that seems very accurate to me. Kind of back to those challenging conditions. How do you personally maintain hope? What gets you through? Um, trust in trust in yourself. Trust in your training. Uh, trust in your comrades too. Sometimes we we focus inwards on ourselves so much we forget who's around us. Uh, look at what other people are doing, um, and then there's an element of faith there too. I recall this line from Mr. Rogers, where his mother told him that in any kind of bad situation, look for the helpers, look for other people who are doing good. And that gave him a lot of hope. It reminds me of that. There's always that one guy that can make you laugh, you know, find that guy. That would be key for me to getting through any situation. It's humor. It goes a long way. It really does. Along those lines, what do you do to de-stress after a really tough moment or, you know, a challenging environment? Try to find, you know, try to, one, try to find a quiet place, maybe, uh, maybe listen to some music. Although, um, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm an old Grateful Dead head. So maybe not listening to the Grateful Dead would be appropriate at this point in time. Uh, but, uh, the other thing, uh, is, uh, if if you can figure out a way to uh, to to laugh and and blow off steam, um, back in the day we would uh, 
a, a liberal quantity of alcohol would be helpful. Uh, but, uh, you know, uh, get together with the people you're with sometimes and, and is, is, is a good way to blow off steam because you may help each other. Can you tell me about a time when maybe somebody has done something for you that's helped you through? Yeah, I spent about seven years on the Halo team. And when I first started jumping, uh, it, was, uh, it was a little bit of an unnatural act. And uh, so my team sergeant would, uh, he would uh, kind of terrorize me a little bit. He liked to put me on the, uh, on the edge of the ramp and, and sort of kind of wait there uh, until uh, I was thinking that the plane would hit a bump and I'd fall out. But uh, he would uh, he would put me in positions where I needed to uh, I needed to uh, actually think and do, uh, and that was uh, that was that actually helped uh, that actually helped a lot get over uh, uh, apprehension. And just for listeners who may not be familiar with Halo, that stands for high altitude, low opening parachute jumps. So when you're there on the ramp, you're there at the end, and the wind's rushing by, and it's that pause, it's the moment before you jump in. What goes through your head? The best thing to do is just simply concentrate on what your task is at hand. Uh, I seem to be stressing that, but that to me, it's it just concentrate on what you need to do. You know, go through, go through. Okay, I know what my I know what my pull sequence is. I know what altitude I need to pull my parachute at. That's what's been prescribed in a pre-jump. I know what azimuth that I need to fly my parachute on. I know what landmarks that I I need to identify uh, my approach to the drop zone. Okay, I know what all my landing instructions are going to be at what altitude I'm going to make my downwind leg and then my upwind, my turn and my upwind uh, approach. So just keep thinking on what you have to do at that time. I think that checklist mentality is really applicable to the medical field, too. Yeah, especially I, you know, I don't want to go back to the the tough realistic training, but we, we had a scenario that they set up for us once uh and uh they uh it was it was scripted i was on okinawa and uh they put um the scenario was that there was a team that uh, was uh went out in heavy winds and was blown off the drop zone and they landed in an area that was uh, uh covered with trees and uh so when we got there uh for, for this training event they, they had actually put these guys there's about five or six role players and they actually put these guys in parachute harnesses with deployed with deployed parachutes and and hung them up in trees. Um, and uh, the uh, where these where the these trees were, and they were all over the place. It was on the side of a um, of a of a of a fairly steep draw. And uh, so my task as the senior medic on the detachment, I ended up having to do triage twice. First thing was to find all these guys. And then the second thing was to make sure that we had all of them. And then to triage them as we were finding them, uh, as the rest of my detachment was pulling them uh, out of the tree so they wouldn't re, you know, injure them more. And then triage them once we got them back on the ground. So the more creative you can get with your training scenarios, the better uh, you'll be able to handle different and unique situations that you run into. Is there anything particular to your experience as a medic that you would like to share as perspective with these healthcare workers that are going into, you know, a situation they've probably never experienced before at the scale? Uh, again, going back to it's, it's real easy to, to, to get that it's me against the world 
but you have other people around you. Uh, let them do their job. Uh, in the particular scenario that I, 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 I told you, I had a team sergeant that was that was running around making sure that everybody was uh, was doing what they needed to do and 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 coordinating all the external assets that needed to be brought into. I had a communication specialist that was preparing the nine line medevac format of and getting ready to send that. So he had he was putting his radio into operation. I had I had other I had engineers. Uh, uh, attached to the team. That's what a special forces A team uh, has, which is makes it really great. Is all the different MOSs. So the engineers were using their their ability with ropes and 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 block and tackle and and, and, and equipment uh, in order to get these guys out of the trees and stuff. So uh, you know, rather than me have to worry about engineering all that, let those people do what do what they can, and and you concentrate on what you need to do at that present time. Was there ever a time when maybe you had orders that were unclear or the scenario was unclear and you had to push back and, and, you know, ask for clarification or say, Hey, this is the way I've done it before. Uh, what's different about this time? That's actually built into the, into the, uh, into the soft mission planning process or special operations forces mission planning process. You'll get a, you'll get a mission order. Uh, you'll have uh, X amount of time to study that. And then, then there's a, a uh, question. What you'll do is you'll come back into whatever the FOB staff or battalion staff, or, and then you'll ask your questions of that staff for clarification. So that's step one. If it's on the fly, don't be afraid to question to make sure that you got clear in your mind what it is that you're going to be able to do. Uh, otherwise, if you're not clear, then if you have people that are with you or you're supervising, they're not going to be clear. And that provides a tentative approach or a tentative response, which could cost lives. So it sounds like it's actually your responsibility to ask those questions. Oh, yeah. I, I, the way I see it, it is. And you also have to know what your left and right limits are. you got to know what your constraints are. and You have to know what your limitations are. And I guess the best way to define constraints and limitations are are constraints are things that you must do. Limitations are things that you can't do. So uh, make sure that you understand those uh, going in. That's super helpful. Just one more question about your experience. I'm sure because I know that the Green Berets, the Special Forces, often work with other governments, other leaders, other military teams. How do you establish that trust with a new team? By doing, uh, you, you know, talk, talk is cheap. You got to be, if you're going to tell them you're going to do something, you need to do it. Um, and, uh, and, and be honest and, and, and transparent with them. Also understand that, uh, your evaluation, you're evaluating them also. You know, it, it that's a two way street, but it, from your perspective, uh, you, you definitely want to, uh, be, uh, open, honest and, and true to your word. Sounds essential. On a lighter note, you're packing for deployment. What is one item that you bring for comfort? <laughs> uh, I spent about 15 years either living in or going in and out of uh, uh, Asia in the Pacific Rim. 
so I would always throw a, uh, I would always throw uh, uh, a book I had, uh, the works of, uh, the works of Rud- Rudyard Kipling. Uh, and uh, that was kind of handy. Kipling knew Asia, but he also knew soldiers. And uh, so I, I always had to make sure I had that in my, in my, in my rucksack along with uh, probably some, uh, uh, I, well, in those days it was a Walkman. So I had a bunch of Grateful Dead in there. <laughs> That's great. I think I'm going to have to brush up on my Kipling. It's been a while. <laughs> All right. Read Tommy Atkins. <laughs> what was that? Say again. Read Tommy Atkins. Okay. Deal. Do you have any last advice for those healthcare professionals and nurses who are running toward the front lines right now? I, I guess in, in Churchill's words, just before uh, just before the D-Day invasion, he said, don't be daunted if chaos reigns, because it ultimately will. Don't let chaos daunt you. Chaos, some people thrive in chaos, but and some people don't handle it well, but it's going to be there. Don't let that affect you. You should already know that you're walking into chaos. Uh, it's the individual that can sort out and 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 bring order from chaos is if you can't do it find the person that can uh but uh you know it, it's going to happen so just be prepared and, and and understand that and and if you're not the type of person that can handle chaos focus on exactly what you have to do that one step at a time uh if otherwise uh you know be ready to a disaster situation is is the definition of a disaster is nothing works. Okay, so the easiest way to fix it is start making some things work. They may not be the book the book solution, but be prepared to uh, you know be prepared to figure something out and throw cobble some stuff together and get something work. It's fantastic. So practical and useful. John, this has been fantastic. Is there anything you wish I'd asked you you didn't get to say? <laughs> no. You... <laughs> Not really. I interrogated you enough. <laughs> yeah, you interrogated me. I quit. <laughs> hey, thanks for joining us. We hope you'll share this with a healthcare worker or a first responder that you care about. Also, we hope you'll subscribe. This podcast was sponsored by TA Group Holdings with a partnership with New West Group. Until next time, adapt and overcome.